0: What's going on everybody? Welcome to another series preview for the 2022 playoffs. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast, Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, and of course, to follow me on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod. For today's episode, I am returning the favor. She was so generous to ha- generous to have me on her podcast. It is a Warriors fan coming to talk Dubs and Nuggets. It's Nat from the All Nat podcast. Also, does the Twitter space with me and Ricky G and Jason uh, every so every now and then. Nat, welcome to <laughs> Dime Dropper. Thank you. I'm excited to be
1: on. Like, I'm definitely subscribed, and I'm always getting the Dime Dropper notifications. I'm like, this man is a hustler. Like, he never stops. So never. happy to be a part of it. And um, yeah, definitely, definitely looking forward to chopping it up with you.
0: So let's get right into it with the Warriors season. Uh, a lot of people had mixed expectations. Uh, a lot of you guys had, had them finishing in the round of the top five. Some had them around six. Some some even had them in the play-in because last year they finished eighth. But it has been, by all accounts, at least in the beginning of the season especially, a big overachievement. They finished with 53 wins after having Clay, Steph, and Draymond on the court for, I believe it was 11 minutes, they said. And we saw the return of Clay Thompson. We saw the injury to Steph Curry late in the season. We saw an injury to Draymond Green. We saw the Mm -hmm. emergence of Jordan Poole and a rookie like Jonathan Kuminga. How do you feel like the season has gone from your perspective as a Warriors fan?
1: Well, they underachieved for me because I had them at a minimum of 55 wins. No, but no, I mean, when you take into account all the different things that happened this season, I mean, I think it's excellent. You finish top three in the conference and in the league. They're tied with the the heat for the third best record in the league. And Clay and Dre missed the combined 80 plus games. Steph missed 18 total, but the last 12 to finish the season. I mean, if you would have told me that they would have finished third with all those things happening, I mean. I would have called you a liar. So I don't, I don't think there's any way to not consider that a successful season. I mean, anytime you have 50 plus wins, that's pretty much a successful season. And I, I definitely was someone who I actually had them as a top three, four seed at worst, but really they kind of finished with all the things I took into account because it was Reacclimating clay into the lineup, potential injuries, things like that. So I was just like, but I was like, if they remain healthy all year, that's why I said 55 wins minimum, because it didn't surprise me that they could be a 60 plus win team. And I think if they were healthy all season, that's what you would have seen. So um, yeah. not a surprise to me, but yes, mm-hmm. I know definitely a surprise to many and a lot of people probably think they overachieved.
0: So this season we saw Andrew Wiggins emerge into arguably the best season of his career. I I mean, probably the best season of his career, just given the role that he's played on this team, Uh, made the all-star team. We didn't get to see any James Wiseman that didn't pan out. He didn't get to come back. But Kavon Looney played 82 games, one of the five players in the league to do so. And Draymond was having a defensive player of the year caliber season before he got hurt. What did you make of Klay Thompson's return and how he came back and then... Draymond Green went down, but also Klay Thompson came back, and then Andrew. There was a whole thing about Andrew Wiggins and him not finding their rhythm together. Clay kind of hijacking the offense at times, as we saw late mm-hmm. in the season. But he still had his clay games, like the one against was it New Orleans just recently? Yeah, he had a really good game. So, how do you feel as though Clay has kind of assimilated back into the team since he's come back?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the way Clay looks right now. I mean, the season ended is ended, but the way he looked in the last two games of the season, I think he finally hit his stride, you know, Um, you saw flashes of that. And so I don't mean like the shooting, but like playing within the flow of the offense and, you know, we see that sometimes, but then we'd also see him like all of a sudden. Yeah. Like just taking these shots he doesn't normally take. And, you know, he was definitely pressing most of the season. So, um, it's it's not so far off from like what Clay was like if Clay gets the rock, he's not passing it. He's shooting it. But um, that that's true for Clay always. But it was still a little different than what was happening now. And so it's, part of that's to be expected. The man missed two seasons of basketball and um, But I think a lot of that, too, was the Warriors giving him like that leash because he's earned it. But also you need Clay to be as close to Clay as possible or you want him to be at least. Right. And so it just it came with some, you know. Grow, I don't want to say growing pains. It's probably not the right word for a man who's like been on this team forever. But he came back to a team that looks very different than a team that he used to play with. He hadn't played with Pool. He hadn't played with Wiggins, and he had to learn to adjust those guys. And so, I think both Pool and Andrew Wiggins were like both really affected. But I think why the impact was so much worse on Wiggins is because pool is like he has like that mentality like he's gonna go get his and you know whatever and i don't think that um wiggins is that kind of player i think he like defers to clay like to give clay that respect you know Mm -hmm. and um but he's just a more passive kind of personality and player. And so now when the Warriors aren't running actions for him, they're not getting him some easy cuts to the rim. Um, the, 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 the ball is not swinging back around to him on top of that. He's having to do more on defense because Draymond green is out. And I think a accumulation of things affected like what you saw of him, like post all-star and, and some of his struggles. So his role changed on the team, but I think, they hit what needed to happen before the end of the season. And so that that made me feel good. He was being efficient. I mean, it was maybe like 15 points now instead of like 17, 18. But he was being efficient. His defense was good again. Um, he started to hit some of those threes. The free throw shooting was coming back. That's what we wanted for him going into the the postseason. So I'm, I'm
0: pleased. So let me ask, as you said, kind of talking about the end of the season, how did you feel Draymond? He got a couple games back before – before the season ended, and then Jordan Poole, as you said, they were both him and Wiggins affected by Clay's uh, return. How do you feel Jordan Poole and Draymond ended the season? Because I didn't really get to watch many Warriors games uh, post Curry injury. So how's Draymond looked? You know, going into this playoffs. Dre
1: looks really good. I mean, he said that he still hasn't, for the most part, got like his wind back fully. But in terms of like his body and feeling good out there, he does feel good. And but you could see that, you know, he was playing better. You could definitely see like his impact on the game. Um, the first couple of games were like sort of rough. Um, I didn't read too much into that because Dre is kind of always sort of like that coming off injury. Um, and he's of, of all the guys on the team, he's not the best condition. So, you know, um but he definitely looks good, you know, to to close the season and that that's what we want and I think him having this week to con- continue to like ramp up while the playing games are happening are going to be good. So, Dre I'm happy about. He looks good. And in terms of pool, like this is exactly what I want. Play, play play. Pool clay And Wiggins finding that right balance between them. And it does seem that they figured it out, like right at the very end of the season. So, like, they pushed it, but it did seem like they figured it out. So, they looked good. They looked good. And I think the rest of the league should be scared because Clay was hitting those shots. He ended up finishing the season averaging 20. Yeah. Um, numbers look good pool was on a tear as you know to close the season I mean he made such a big case that he like might
0: win MIP like you I mean, know he's he's been so impressive I mean like this guy his shot making and just his ball handling he's one of those guys that those guys the type of guys that love uh pure hoopers pure scorers I mean that's this guy's entertaining I think he's gonna, Tag Twitter. gonna <laughs> Tag Twitter, exactly exactly <laughs> yeah, exactly. no, definitely.
1: So it like I'm I'm happy. And now we have like Steph Curry coming back to that. So obviously I would have loved it if they all could have like played together. But that's what they did is exactly what I wanted. They started winning some games. Um, and they started playing like figuring out how to play with each other, and that's all you could ask for while Steph is out, and now they just put it all together. So I'm really excited.
0: Big thing with the Warriors this season, obviously, a team that's been known for their Awesome offense, their ball movement, their movement without the ball, the Kerr or whatever system, but number one defense in the league this year. Really made your mark on that end of the floor. You have a lot of versatile defenders, uh, Jonathan Kaminga being one of those guys that's been added to help that out. What did you think of the, the team's defense this year? And, and do you think that that's going to be something that, you know, the classic phrase, defense wins championships. How big do you think that's going to be? Um, especially with guys like Wiggins too, guarding the best player all the time. How big do you think uh, the Warrior defense is going to be to carry you guys however far far you think they can go?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think our defense is going to be huge. Um, And I think for a team like the Warriors, the fact that, like, I expect the refs to go back to, like, kind of roughing the games how they were at the beginning of the season for the postseason. Because that's what they always do, which is why I liked it. Because I was like, this is what the postseason is like and people can get used to that but they kind of fell off of it but i expect it to be like the normal postseason so that means that we can be more physical and that bodes well for like our defense um i you know the the defense the fact that like it kind of fell pretty substantially while dre was out um And for us to finish, I think we might have actually finished second in the league.
0: It says first in defensive rating and then opposing points per game, third. Yeah. I I checked today because I did the Celtics preview with my friend that was a Celtics. Yesterday I I checked and I
1: thought, listen, I'll take it. We're one or two,
0: but I'm looking at it right now. First. Okay.
1: All right. I take your word for it. So we're one. But the fact is, well, what's what's the final rating?
0: 107, 106.9.
1: Right. So up, up through December, we were still holding teams to 100 under 100 points. Our rating through December was like a 99 point. I want to say two or eight, something like that. Right. So, so the fact that we lost Draymond for all those games and still finish just shows you like how elite the defense really was. Like, it was like a next level of elite. It was historically elite. So
0: I'm really looking forward to to, to, to the defense. It's going to be huge for us. So that takes us into this series that we have coming up against the Denver Nuggets. Funny enough, the very first team, Stephen Curry, played in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time in this Kerr era, the dynasty era, that you guys are going to have played a superstar center. The biggest thing people said was, well, the Warriors... They don't really have much size, but their switch everything kind of scheme has made them the elite defensive teams that have won championships. But now you're going to have to play a center who is, in my opinion, the best center since Shaquille O'Neal, another, the former MVP last year. And in a lot of people's minds, the MVP again this year, I saw Kevon Looney do a hell of a job on him at in crunch time of a game recently. How do you think you guys are going to defend Jokic? And I also want to ask about Steph Curry's status. Obviously it's very dependent on on him coming back. I've heard that he is practicing. He scrimmaged, uh, I think. So what do yeah. you think about the matchup and Steph Curry's status?
1: Yeah, so I'll just, I'm gonna tackle Steph first really quickly because I think that's a little easier. Um, there's, there hasn't been anything reported in terms like he's officially back, but all signs Mm -hmm. are pointing that direction. So I think it'll be like a day before game time decision. I think, I mean, he's scrimmaged. I think it's going to be about like how he feels. Right. And if he'll be cleared. Um, he did an interview today. He said that there's still some discomfort in his foot, but it didn't sound like a level of discomfort that would keep him out of the games. Right. So, um, you know, the good thing though is that like I don't think you need a hundred percent Steph to win this series, and okay. so um that that's the great thing about this team and this pod. So I, I I expect Steph to be a go. And I think you know, a lot of Warriors fans wanted um Utah initially in the first round because they thought it was like a good series for us to kind of like if Steph had to like kind of work himself back, but I, I think it's the same with with Denver. Um Jokic is an incredible player. He's had an amazing season. Um, he still would be relying on role players to essentially, you know, help him. And I just don't think that the Denver Nuggets have enough. Like we just have so many different looks we can give them. Um, we have so many different weapons. I just, I honestly, I think as respect to Jokic, I think this is a five-game series. Like, I just, I I think Golden State, because every series Golden State has ever played in, they've always won at least one away game. So, like, yeah, I guess in theory that could be a later game if you're picking it to be a long series. But I think they're going to get one of those games. Um, And even though the the Nuggets are a team that did beat us, they won the regular season series and they did win games in Oracle, Golden State has... um, the second best home record in the NBA, one of the top net ratings at home. Like you're talking about the postseason. I just don't I don't see Denver being able to get enough wins there. So I I have I have Warriors winning this series um four to one. And I don't think it's gonna be a long series. Um, specifically, you talked about Loon and and Jokic, right? So like I think the last game is what you're talking about. So on March yeah. 10th. Warriors won that game 113-102, right? Yokage, yep. right? So this is for anyone else. This is going to be like, what are you talking about? That's good numbers. But if you're paying attention to Jokic, you know he's hyper efficient, right? And so, but in that game, he shot nine of 21. So for Jokic, it's 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 still good. But it's not like what he normally shoots, right? So he was 23, 9, and 12, incredible. But that's what you want. That's all you can ask Loon to do, right? And if you make him a less efficient version of himself, that's that's what you want. And we yeah. won that game, right? There was another game in December, the very first game we played against them. In that game, you had no Dre, no clay, no pool. And it was the height of the of the Steph slump for the Warriors. They Mm -hmm. beat us 89-86, right? 8 of 19 for Jokic, 22 points that game. We held Denver to 27 second half points, right? And they only really won, like the Warriors came all the way back and it was like on the final possession, Steph passed the ball to to Otto. He was trying to relocate, but Otto being a newer player to the team didn't realize it. And so he passed the the ball to Kaminga to like, Lay it up in over Jokic and Jokic was like, nah, get that out of here, right? Oh, I remember that now. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like that's not a mistake. That that's not something that's gonna happen in the postseason because that's Andre or Draymond who's gonna like have that ball and they're gonna know to get the ball back to Steph, right? We lost another game on like a Morris buzzer beater, right? And also a a a defensive um collapse from Steph, right? Like he he um was trying to help. Um, on Jokic, who was in the post, and he passed it out to Morris, who got the three, and and Steph was late to recover. Those kinds of things aren't going to happen in the postseason. So all of these matchups with Denver throughout the season were close, even the one with the baby dubs where nobody played. So Jokic, for Denver to win this series, you need to have Bones Highland probably playing at a level that he's not capable of like for an entire seven-game series. I don't even think it's going seven. You probably need some big shooting nights from Forbes. You need Boogie Cousins to probably really give you something. They just – they have to reach too much to guys that I just don't think can do it. And so I just think they're undermanned, and I think the Warriors will win. At most, I think it's a six-game series, but I think
0: it's it's a five-game series. That's my prediction. So looking at what you said about their supporting cast, everybody knows obviously Jokic, but I was just looking at it, and their next leading scorer is – 12 points below Jokic. Aaron Gordon's averaging 15. You look at your guys' team, four guys. And you can't even say this. I don't think about the – you can't even say this about the 2017 dubs. Four yeah. guys averaging 17-plus points with Wiggins 17, Poole 18-and-a-half, Klay 20, and then Steph 25-and-a-half. And obviously that's because – they've gotten to play without one another. So it's the numbers, like it's not like they're all doing that together, but those are four guys that can score 20 on any given night, basically that you guys have. So I want to ask this too. Kerr, I believe said today that if Steph plays, he's going to be on a minutes restriction. Do you think that gives the Denver nuggets a chance to steal one of those first two games? And then because they get one of those first two games, probably win at least one game at the altitude uh, to make it a a six game series minimum, there. Do you think they can they can take one off you with Curry on limited minutes?
1: No, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how limited those minutes are going to be. And yeah. Jordan Poole has even from the beginning of the season, he's even like stepped his level up to another level. So mm. I think he's going to do a really good Steph impersonation in those minutes anyway. But in Jordan yeah. in Jordan Pool fashion, so no, I don't. I think because that's the difference, right? Before, uh, outside of the KD years, we didn't have another shot creator besides Steph. That was it. But now we do. So I don't think the Nuggets are going to really be able to take advantage. And, like, I think a Steph minutes restriction is, like, okay, so he's maybe going to play 25 minutes instead yeah. of, like, 30, you know, 30-plus. And I don't think – and I think if they were to lose a game – I think that minutes restriction is going out the window very quickly. You know, yeah. I don't think they're gonna fool around. So I, I don't, I don't think it will be enough because the baby dubs, the baby dubs push Denver. You know, like, and you're still gonna have Clay out there who's like in form. You're gonna have Pool out there. I just, I, I don't see it. I just don't think that they have enough. But again, you know, if you have a player like Jokic on your team. Um, you, you give them a shot because yeah. he's that great of a player.
0: So Jordan Poole, we're looking at coming off the bench as a sixth man because I'm assuming it's going to be Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and Looney, right?
1: So we don't know. And that's like the big outstanding question, right? I think that... I think Pool has earned the right to start, and maybe in this series he's he's not going to start. But I think you're going to see it switched up, like even maybe over the course of the series and throughout the postseason. So I think you're going to definitely have Pool starting some games, even if not in this series. But what he will be doing, like yeah, he'll be a sixth man, but he's going to be like the way Andre Iguodala was a sixth man in yeah. that he's going to have starter minutes. He's going to play starter minutes. He's
0: going to play a lot of time with the starters. Yeah. So what, what's the rotation we're looking at for you guys? You got those six guys. And then I'm assuming Kuminga, who is going to be really impressed. I really enjoy watching him play. He's got great size, great athleticism. It's going to be his first taste of the playoffs. I also want to say, fun fact, this is the first full series at Chase Center. Uh, we're going to have with the Warriors. So that's yeah. going to be cool. And then what about Gary Payton Jr.? That's another guy who's really impressed me this year with his defense. Uh, well, you think he'll be getting into the rotation at all?
1: Yeah, he is. So I would say the rest of the rotation. What's what's actually interesting is Kaminga is like our ninth or tenth guy. So wow. um Otto Porter is probably your seventh guy.
0: A good team Otto. Been a great addition for this team.
1: Yeah, and he's our best rebounder, probably. Um, yeah, I would say he's probably even a better rebound rebounder than Dre. So you have Otto Porter, who's probably your your seventh guy. Um, and then arguably Andre Iguadala or, you know, you know, GP two. So they're in there. Um, and Kaminga, um, I think her is going to play belly. So while I would say our rotation is 10 guys, I think I left off loon. I'm not sure, but, um, our rotation should be 10 guys when you factor in Kaminga, but it's going to be 11 ish, right? I think sometimes belly's going to get minutes. I don't know when and where, but I think I think Kerr is going to play him some minutes. Kaminga, though, in this series, to me, can be definitely one of our X factors. In the March 10th game that we won, Kaminga had 18 points in that game, went 7 for 12. Denver had no answer for him. Mm-hmm. Like, you can just put him out there against their bench unit, and he's going to wreak havoc. Like, yeah. they just can't handle his athleticism, his strength. Um, he can get to the rim, and they're going to foul him or they're just not going to be able to stop him and he's been decent from the line he's at least going to split them most of the time but he has some nights where he hits like both of them so um i think he's definitely going to be a factor in this series because we definitely had good results with him playing versus versus denver and um um to your point gp2 he's going to be really important for us excellent
0: I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm looking at the rotation. I think that is 10 guys. Cause I'm, I'm assuming Damian Lee doesn't get playing time, right? This is playoff time.
1: Lee's not going to be in the rotation. JTA won't be in the rotation. Moody won't be in the rotation. Then of course Wiseman is out. So yeah. belly's really the, the, the X factor. That's why I say 11 ish because mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to play all the time, but I think it'll be like sometimes belly sometimes um, Kaminga, but in my opinion, you don't need belly. It should just be Kaminga.
0: <laughs> if, if the if the Nuggets do steal one of the first two games, do you see the series going six games?
1: Yeah, if they can steal a game at Chase, probably. But um, I just don't think that they will.
0: I'm also gonna go because, of course, you know, no Jamal Murray, no Michael Porter Jr., who's only missed, who's only played nine games this season. I'm not high on the on the Nuggets depth at all. As you said, I could see guys like Kaminga, and especially you know, if Jordan Poole's coming off the bench, I mean. Jordan Poole will be the second best scorer on the team. I mean, you could argue Will, will Barton has, the, has tendencies to get really hot as well. I'd look for him as somebody to watch out for. I think Monte Morris is a very solid uh, – I think he's a great backup point guard, but he's shown this season he could be a starting point guard on a, on a playoff team. But you guys, your depth is just a lot for them. I got the Warriors in five as well. I, I just – as you said, I just think it's a lot for Jokic. I think Jokic can get him two games, but I don't see it going seven, especially if Steph starts playing 30 minutes by game two or three. Right. So I also have been telling my friends too. I see Clay Thompson, even though I think he'll have his, his good and bad shooting nights, he's going to have some games where he just explodes. I can feel it. He's been there before, and you know how Clay can get hot. So I think yeah, that's, how,
1: that's how Clay always is in the postseason. He's not necessarily um, consistent from game to game, um, but he's going to have like a game six Clay. And it may not be game six, but you're going to get like that
0: version of Clay. Yeah. So, I want to also briefly talk about the Jazz and the Mavericks. It's really sad what we've had ex- with Luca, uh, strained his calf or something. Yeah. Um, so, he's he out may- for game
1: one. I think they've officially said that.
0: Yeah. He. I, it's it's going to be really tough to see. I was really hoping that the Mavericks would, I, I was really hoping to get a chance to see Luca play a series not against us for the first time. And it seems like we're gonna be potentially robbed of that. I think you you may see him try to give it a go in the series at some point. I was really hoping this was the year that the Jazz bounce out in the first round and they change up their team. But I'm guessing you see Utah winning the series now, given the uncertainty, because if there's any team super reliant on one guy more than anyone in today's NBA, I feel like it's the Mavs with Luca.
1: Yeah, I think
0: I think if Luca steps foot on
1: that court, the Mavs are probably winning the series um even if he's hobbled and i think no faith in the jazz at all even with their playoff experience nah they have a lot going on on the jazz you know really yeah and um and also too because like i don't know if you do you know sj um sj basketball 8 on twitter but like huge mavs fan but like just basketball knowledge is insane and like she's I've just listened to a lot of her analysis on, on Dallas and she's convinced me also based on just what I watched. And I think that they actually like, I think you can get a game out of Spencer Dinwiddie where he just like goes
0: off, he's you off. know, yeah, it's going to be and, a Spencer and Jalen Brunson series.
1: Right. And Brunson is like, you know, he's a very, he's an above average playmaker. Absolutely. And, and so I think that, and, and kid, whatever criticisms people may
0: have of him, He's been good coaching this team. He's been great. He's been great. They've been one of the best defensive teams in the league, which is exactly what they didn't have when they played us the last two years. That's the, That was the weak thing about the Mavs. They don't guard. It was kind of just dependent on if Luka could take them home or if their role players were making threes. Obviously, no Tim Hardaway Jr. for this series. has been out basically the whole year. But that defense, if, if they can just contain the Jazz, because the Jazz is one of those teams that get really hot from three, and they're very tough to play in Utah. So, right. Yeah, we'll see. Right now, I'd have to go with the Jazz. I'm going to go with – it's just – it's very hard to make a prediction because we don't know about Luka. So I'm just going to say the Jazz win the series in six for now. But – it's I think if Luca
1: is back by game three, I think the Jazz win it. And I mean, I think the Mavs win it. And I'm going to go with my girl, SJ. She says that they will split that, those the, the home games. It would be 1-1. So she thinks that they can win one without Luca. They might lose one, and then they go to Utah. But yeah, I mean, I think if he steps foot on the court, the Jazz are probably done. You also will have the element of like the Jazz no matter what cuz it's impossible not to do but like just being like oh lucas out so like just not taking it as seriously as they yeah. should and that could cost them and i just think you're you're due for donovan mitchell to give you a inefficient donovan mitchell game like you're always going to get one or two in the series and like the jazz they don't they're not their their perimeter defense isn't that
0: great and yeah. like poor
1: yes so yeah
0: Yeah, that's the big question marks about the Jazz. You got their perimeter defense that's poor. Rudy, you know, does a lot to make up for that. And then you have the whole controversy between Donovan and Rudy not necessarily liking each other where there's that was that stat that Donovan has passed the ball to him like 15 times like this season or something crazy. Twice a game, not even assists. He averages
1: two passes a game to the man.
0: It's just – because the the reason why it's such a big deal is because you see teams go with a small ball unit against them and then – Rudy, obviously nobody considers him a go-to guy, but there are occasional times where he'll try to post up and try to seal and they just won't throw it to him. And it forces Donovan to take some tough shots. So, you know, I honestly couldn't – I could care less about the Jazz's chemistry issues. I want them to crash and burn. Uh, I I don't pull back any punches on those guys. So it's going to be an interesting series. However, I'm going to have to disagree with whoever that was. I'm going to say that if Luka doesn't play the first two games, the Jazz are winning both. That's just how I feel because I just think it's a lot to win in Utah, I mean, they may not be as good as last year the Jazz, but we couldn't even beat them in Utah with Kawhi and Paul George last year. The but first Dallas year. has home court in Dallas? that series. Oh, Dallas was the four seed. Yes, I thought the Jazz were the four seed this whole time. No, oh, they, that's
1: why she's saying they would oh, split okay. it. Okay, then so I Dallas I have to, has home court.
0: Yeah, I, okay, I may have to agree. We'll give Spencer and Jalen Brunson one game there.
1: So, yeah.
0: I'm thinking, okay, if Luca doesn't come back, I'm going Jazz in six. But as you said, if he comes back by like Game Three, I could see going seven games to the Mavs. I think Luca in a Game Seven at home will get the job done. But that series, it's as of now, it's definitely my least—the one I'm least looking forward to personally. But really?
1: Because I, I mean, Luca's going to be out. I'm also yeah. not
0: looking forward to, to 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 Bulls, Bucks, Bulls, Bucks. Yeah. Yeah, that may not be great. Um, but here's the series that I think I'm most excited for in the West right now. And it's a series that I feel like is not going to get too much attention just because of the markets of the teams. But I'm going to be really interested to see what happens. It's the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Memphis Grizzlies. Obviously the Timberwolves just beat my Clippers. They have a nice big three with D'Lo, Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, who was subject to a ton of criticism after the game the other night.
1: Hey. And
0: I, I don't have much to say about Kat. Cause I talked about him last night in my recap, but it's it, all, everyone's going to be looking at him now after that game he had to dominate. And We'll see because the Grizzlies are one of the best defensive teams in the league too. I'm pretty sure they led the league in rebounds, steals and blocks this season and the Grizzlies for the first time in the John Morant era, obviously, but maybe even going back to the grindhouse era, this may be the most favored they've ever been for a first round series uh, to me. And I think a lot of people are skeptical about them because of their youth and their inexperience. But how do you see the Grizzlies, especially as, not just a team to to, in this series, but as a team that you're probably going to face in round two.
1: Yeah, I actually think the Memphis... I'm actually really excited about Memphis Grizzlies um, versus the Wolves. It was actually one of... I wanted that. And I said this maybe like a month or two ago that I wanted that to be the matchup. So I'm happy that it is. Um, I think that's going to be a long series. I think it goes no less than six. And I think it could definitely go seven. Um, I'm picking the Grizzlies, but... I wouldn't be shocked if, like, the Wolves won either. They have the the length, the athleticism, like, to match the Grizzlies. Like, they, you know, that's that's one of the things, like, how the the Grizzlies overwhelm their youth, their athletic. They can, and and that's the thing, the Grizzlies like to get out in transition. They like to get out in transition. That's how they they get a lot of their scoring opportunities. That's not gonna that's gonna go away in the postseason. And I don't know that they're that great of a half court team. And I don't know how great Ja's gonna be when like playoff
0: defences start to like really, you He's know. On him. And you already know Patrick Beverly's gonna try to give him hell and get under his skin.
1: Exactly. He doesn't handle double teams well. I've watched him. So, you know, like, they're not going to make it. They're going to take away his ability, not fully, because you you can't take away a player like Job. but, like, they're going to take away his ability to get to the rim at will. And plus, Kat's going to be there. Like, you know, like, I just, I think it's going to be, like, a really good series, and, you know, we'll see. So in terms of, like, for us, it's the same thing, you know, um, if we do see them, like, th- they have never once faced this team with Steph, Clay, and Dre on the court together, ever, ever. Yeah. So, you know, they, like, it's one thing to look at it on paper and maybe watch some video, and then it's another thing to get on the court and have to play it. So, um, you know, we'll see. But they have to get past
0: the the Wolves first, and I, I think that's going to be a long series. I really do. It's going to be good. I, I agree it'll be long. I think it's going to be interesting to just see John Moran and Anthony Edwards, both two really young players that are very exciting, high flyers, explosive players, I also think this is going to be a, a lot of pressure on John Morant for the first time. We've been talking about him all season about you know, and and this is crazy. I know to me and you, it's kind of crazy, but I've literally seen people on my timeline, people that are I re- that are, that opinions I actually respect, calling John Morant the you know one or, first or second best point guard in the NBA, and including over Steph Curry, which to me is just because Steph was in a big shooting slump. And you know me, I always go with the experience until you're dethroned. I don't think that's happened to Steph, even though Jaw got the played amazing in that playing game against you guys last year. But this is real pressure on Jaw, you know, to enter that class with Luca, with Trey. He's got to win this series. He's got to lead his team past this series. And I think on the whole double team thing, at least when we played him, we blitzed him a lot in the pick and roll, and he, he made the right pass every time. And it's going to really come down to when teams do that, because I know they're going to try to force the ball out of his hands to not let him get downhill. Desmond Baines, who's had an amazing season uh dylan brooks is of the world jaron jackson jr to knock down their open threes my question is what's going to happen if they start missing those threes what's their plan sure. like can the, can the others
1: run. beat you over seven games yeah because they're they're gonna make him
0: you know give up the rock so yeah and, you know you have that who's their second guy they don't have a clear-cut guy i mean jaron jackson's been amazing on defense this year but offensively you know, I remember when he first came in the league, he showed some really impressive post game, but he kind of just kind of went away from that and became more of a spot up big. But this season, when we played him, he had some really nice takes of the basket. So maybe he's had a great. This has been the best season of his career, so I'm interested to see how he's going to play with the with the lights on. Everybody watching him closely, but Desmond Bain is the is really the one that impressed me this season. I feel like that's the reason why. You know, a lot of us had had them in like the playing range. And the fact that they finished second over the Warriors, over all these teams, I think Desmond Bain is the biggest thing that we didn't fully account for.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if you talk to most Grizzlies fans, they'd probably tell you that Jaron Jackson is actually their second best player. But, um, you know, Bain... I think he is,
0: Jaron. I think he is. Just given the two-way impact.
1: Yeah, Bain, Bain has been, like, excellent. Um, you know, I don't... The Grizzlies are just, to me, they're in for... An awakening, like in the playoffs, like I think they Just think depends they got what their- round. Just depends what round. Yeah, I mean, I think they think they got their experience versus Utah, but I, it,
0: it's different now, and yeah, so they expectations. They're they're supposed to win this series.
1: Yeah, so I think you know it's it's gonna be good, and I, I'm looking forward to it. What's up with the Clippers? Are you all gonna get that eighth seed.
0: I'm gonna try my best to make it happen tomorrow, loud as can be at the game. We gotta be, okay. okay. you- be there. Okay, are you there?
1: Are you nervous about playing the Pals?
0: Yes, I am because I think that they have the third best player on the court no matter how you slice it and and I think we have the better team, but just CJ's been in big games before and that kind of scares me a little bit. And like so I, you guys I, have the best player, but they
1: have the second and third best player?
0: Yes. And I, but I, but Paul needs to play like the best player. That's the thing. Like I think he he did play like the best for stretches the other night, but Anthony Edwards closed the game. And I think we need Paul to also Reggie and them need to relax and let if it's a close game let Paul take over like this is his team without Kawhi so you got to let him go I hope it's not close at all though I hope it's one of those games where the Clippers are not missing any threes because we have those kind of games especially at home and I hope that we're due for one of those but final prediction on the on the Wolves. I got I'm gonna go with the Grizzlies in six even though I'm tempted to say seven but I'll give them the respect they deserve as the two seed and say six with their defense And I think John Morant's going to have a big series and prove it to everybody he's the real deal. That's my prediction.
1: Grizzlies in seven.
0: Okay. Uh, Any last words? Let people know where they can find you before we end out.
1: Sure. You can um, find me on Twitter at NatFluential. Sounds the way that it's spelled or spelled the way that it's sound, right? I think I said that incorrectly. Um, And also check out All Nat nat Podcasts um available on anywhere you can get you know pods spotify apple iheart everywhere also in video form on youtube so on that podcast Um, and then I have like some spaces and stuff that I do on Twitter, some other content. So if you're on Twitter and you, and you like spaces, check me out. I do golden spaces typically every Wednesday at 7 PM Eastern time. Obviously by the name, you get the sense it's warriors focus, but we, we talked a lot tonight about other teams and playoff matchups and we welcome other fans to come in and, 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 and chop it up with us. And it's definitely a place where we welcome opposing opinions. So you should feel cool coming in and, and doing that. And what I'm most excited about right now is um, something that I recently created called the Hoopstresses. And um, you can find us every Tuesday night Maybe for the postseason that's going to alternate, but it's a group of women, a group of women talking basketball from across NBA Twitter, some of the, the brightest and greatest personalities, but also just really know their hoops. And we represent different fan bases, but we come together collectively to talk NBA. Super excited about it. We're also covering the WNBA. So wow. it's 11 of us. Check it out. Hoopstresses. Um, we have two spaces every week, one for the NBA, one for the WNBA. Sorry, that's a lot, but I got a lot all to right, hey, right You're now. working hard.
0: You're working hard. Last question, championship or bust? For yeah. us? For the yeah. Warriors? You've had the championship swagger to you all season. Yeah, no,
1: I just want to make sure you're talking about my team. Yeah, yeah. no,
0: definitely Ab- those dubs.
1: Absolutely. This has turned out exactly the way that I wanted. I wanted Denver first round because I want to beat the MVP, the reigning MVP, and likely who's going to be the MVP this year. So I want to beat the MVP, and then I wanted those damn Grizzlies because they talk so fucking much, and yeah. then I wanted
0: the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, and this I, is perfect. The road has been laid out what, perfectly for the dubs.
1: Perfectly, because, like, what a path. Like, if we get to the finals, and then we see
0: M- Milwaukee.
1: Milwaukee, and if we win that, come on. Like, what are you saying t- – Talk to me. What are you saying about my guy Steph? I know. I best.
0: mean, this is and this is, he
1: gets finals MVP. What are you it. saying about him, Don? If that's I'm,
0: the path. I'm saying uh I'm saying a lot of great things. Let's put it that way. <laughs> hey, he coming back is it's like coming back in the playoffs is very difficult. Obviously, we saw him in 2016, and it was part of the reason why you guys fell short. So we'll see how it goes here. You guys honestly have couple more i don't want to say your team is better but you have a couple more i feel like offensive creators on this team with pool and wiggins we do,
1: we do this is no this team and this bench is actually better than the 2016 team yeah. and um yeah like i don't i mean i don't know because i've never had like a foot sprain but steph has had other times like he came back in the postseason like in 2018 he's tough 20, yeah 2018 and so I don't, like, that MCL injury is a little bit different because he, one, came back too soon, yeah. right? And also, it's not the kind of injury that gets better if you keep playing on it, right? It's just not. So I don't, I think for all his other injuries outside of 2016, he's been able to come back. You knock off a little rust in a couple of games, and he's usually fine. So I, I expect to see, like, a good version of stuff for the postseason. So, yes, championship or bust.
0: I think the main difference between that team was, even though you got all-star Draymond back this year, that all-star Draymond was another level offensively. I mean.
1: He was, but we don't need his offense. Yeah, exactly. Not anymore. Not anymore. Right. And we didn't need it like during the Katie years, which is why his offense fell off. So, Yeah. You know, like you mentioned, we have four guys who can give you 20 on a given night, and then you can have a night where, like, Otto gets hot. Yeah. Like, we, we just – we don't need him to be offensive, Draymond. We just need him to be – give us eight points, rack up those assists, and – Yes,
0: and play – be DPOY, Draymond.
1: That's what we need.
0: You think the biggest weakness is rebounding overall for this team? you I- on the glass, maybe?
1: I don't only because like, if you look at where we are as a team, I mean, before like all the injuries, but if you look at where we were, we're, we're a good rebounding team. Like we do it collectively, but we're a good rebounding team. So we don't have like that one guy. And yes, I know in the interior we're weak, but we still are a good rebounding team.
0: There we go. Well, I think you also have the distinction of being the first woman uh, woman on my show, actually. So really? Yeah, I think you're the first one. Time that's a go. little
1: late for you to just be happy. I know, I know, I don't know. Time.
0: Hey, I haven't had that many guests, period, to be honest. But we're we're slow now that we have the streaming. Well, we're trending in that direction. But okay. appreciate that. Oh, well, everybody, check her out, and we'll probably reconvene. Uh, I hope this is for your sake a long, long run for a couple of months with the dubs.
1: Thank you. Thank uh, you so much it.
0: for having me. No problem. Enjoy it because next year, uh, there's going to be another another horse in the race.
1: Yeah, no, I told you. I think Clippers, um, fully healthy to me. I feel like you guys are the team that would challenge us the most. Definitely would be a great
0: series. But yeah. All right. Peace out, everybody. Enjoy the playoffs. It's that time of year.